Hello everyone, this is Julia, the Spanish journalist who covers European and economic affairs from Brussels. Recently, here in the European institutions, two technology regulations have been passed that observers say will mark a tipping point in the way we use the internet. I wanted to better understand the impact and importance of these two pieces of legislation, so I thought I would investigate them for you. There are those annoying cookie banners that you cannot get rid of despite repeated clicks. Insistent Instagram ads for that gadget you maybe search for online, but you really had no intention to buy. These are just two simple examples of what we experience every day as internet users. But who is really responsible for these practices? Who do we turn to in order to complain or find solutions? At the summit organized by Euronet Plus in late May, Vice President Margaret Vestager, the European Commission's digital chief, explained us why the EU needs these laws. For a very long time, you know, it was all digital and not a lot of democracy. So at long last, you know, our legislator, our governments, uh, members of the European Parliament, they sat down and they decided, well, these are the rules of the game. So these two laws are the Digital Markets Act and the Digital Services Act. You may find them written or referred to as the DMA and the DSA. They are said to be game changers of the digital environment in Europe. Let's start with the DMA, the Digital Markets Act. It was adopted by the European institutions at the end of March after lengthy negotiations and despite the loving efforts of the big tech, it aims to ensure fair online competition. It's expected to come into force by the beginning of 2023 and it will fight against the monopolies of the big tech, which are seen as gatekeepers, as Commissioner Vestager explained to us. The first thing is for smaller businesses to get a fair chance of making it when going digital that it depends on their ideas, their work ethics, their, their funding, that they can make it uh, to us as customers. So we get more choice. So the, the impact of the DMA will be easily noticed by digital users, so most of us, thanks to one concrete measure, the so-called interoperability. It means that you will no longer be excluded from texting to your friends if you don't want to use WhatsApp, for example. I talked to MEP of the Greens, Alexandra Giza, which is rapporteur of this file, to understand a little bit more what interoperability means. The DMA um, has one, I think, one um, provision that is really important for citizens, and that's the interoperability of messenger services. Uh, messenger services are those text messenger services like, like WhatsApp or Signal or Threema or many others. And so far, it worked like that. If you wanted to go away from WhatsApp for, um, because you don't want you know, Facebook use your metadata from WhatsApp for the, the rest of the profile and went to another messenger service, you couldn't talk to your friends anymore. Everybody who stayed on WhatsApp was off limits for you. 
it's like having you know one phone contract like in my country if you have a telecom contract you wouldn't be able to call people who have a vodafone contract which is obviously ridiculous as an idea but that's how it works in the online world and with messenger services so interoperability is a compromise in the dma legislation but it's still not that clear how and when it will be enforced as mep crystal Chaldemos told me in an interview the technique is not really ready for that yet but it's a clear wish from the european parliament to make sure that we will get interoperability uh, as we have in so many other uh, areas. And I definitely think that if we have a better interoperability, we would also have a better competition situation so that we were not so dependent on the very large uh, gate, uh, ones, the gatekeepers, that for instance, Meta uh, or Facebook has become uh, too big. Uh, if you, the thing is that uh, if you don't accept the terms and conditions of Facebook, uh, then, uh, then you cannot be on Facebook, and then you don't have an alternative. You don't have a real alternative, uh, since uh, the majority of citizens are, are on Facebook. In another level, the DMA sets rules and obligations for those bigger online platforms that allow app developers fair access to supplementary functionalities and sets obligations to stop pre-installing certain software applications. Another important thing is that in case of these rules being breached, platforms can face fines up to 10% of its total worldwide turnover. But let's talk about the DSA now the Digital Services Act. This one was passed in late April, after also lengthy negotiations. The DSA clarifies the responsibility of platform companies to ensure the safety of online users, including protecting them from harmful speech. In this case, the DSA is due to come into force on 2024 and it has been hailed as the European Digital Constitution by some members of the European Parliament, such as Alexandra Giza of the Green Group. Actually, it was cheered even by politicians of on the other side of the Atlantic. Vice President Vestager also talked about the importance of the DSA in our summit. That the services we use, that they are safe that platforms will have to assess, is this service safe for people or do it, you know, mess up their brain? Uh, would it make them addicted uh, to using uh, this, uh, this media? Or uh, how to get rid of what is clearly illegal? Mm -hmm. So that we, you know, focus on freedom of expression while getting rid of what we have agreed is actually not allowed. Could be excitement to terrorism, bomb recipes, uh, child abuse, uh, hate speech. Uh, so that we get a, a safer uh, online uh, society. So I also talked to MEP Shell de Moos about the DSA, and she believes that the most important advance that the DSA will bring is that users will have more rights. Uh, first and foremost, uh, users will get more 
fair, understandable information. The terms and conditions need to be written in the language of uh, of the European citizens' uh, home country. If something is taken down, you, you need to have a written uh, explanation. If your account will be closed, you need, you need to have a, a prior warning. Uh, if you don't agree, you will be able to complain both internally and externally. Uh, so in many ways, you, you will get more rights. At the end, we will have clear reporting channels for potential illegal content and complaint mechanisms to be managed transparently by platforms or independent authorities. But there are also concerns regarding the DSA and mainly related to privacy. Let's go back to that question we, we posted at the beginning. Are we really going to get rid of those annoying cookie banners that encourage us to click the yes button when we don't know what we are actually agreeing to? Alexandra Giza explained me that this is called a dark pattern. These boxes that pop up while you're trying to read something and um, that don't explain really what that data is used for until you click other three or four uh, links and so on and get lost in the process. And they still don't explain that what they are doing is taking the data they find on you in that moment, putting it together with, with millions of data points they get from somewhere else, from your web browser behavior, but also if you have uh, like discount cards from, from your supermarket or whatever, you know, data from your analog life, and then offer it on a daily basis. It has been calculated that this data, your data profile is offered 300 times a day to hundreds of companies. And that is not what people believe to be consenting to when they click yes on the cookie banner. And this is what we call a dark pattern. So it's a pattern that is trying to manipulate people into doing something they wouldn't do if they really knew what they were doing or if they had an alternative. So it was not clear to me. Are we gonna get rid of these banners or not? According to MEP Charles de Moss, it's unclear. Uh, it needs to be equally easy to say yes as to say no. You, they will not, the platforms will not be allowed to manipulate you into saying uh, yes. But the thing is that I also want to be honest here. There is also a kind of a, a you know, a, a gray zone here because uh, what is uh, what is commercials and what is uh, what is a dark pattern? When are you manipulated and when are you uh, just uh, kind of uh, uh, exposed to commercials? So. Uh, we will probably see the courts have to, to make a uh, judgment on this. At the end, both MEPs agree that there's still some ambiguity to be resolved and that it will most likely end in court because the DSA conflicts with the data protection regulation. Besides that, there's another big change that will come along the DSA and it's the fact that big platforms will have to bring their powerful algorithms under public scrutiny. They will have to explain the way they function precisely to avoid manipulation. Because not only thanks to dark patterns, but also thanks to systems that we don't fully understand, 
big platforms gather huge amounts of personal information to use in different ways. For example, to recommend us specific and targeted content sometimes can lead to disinformation, unhealthy or even illegal conducts. The DSA will force them to explain how they work. And according to MEP Alexandra Tiza, a key measure that the DSA introduces is that independent authorities will have to audit them. When we are online, we are not only using social networks. We buy lots of stuff in the internet. And as online shoppers in marketplaces, we have all probably bought products that were not as reliable as they were advertised online. And at the end, we couldn't find a place to complain to. So I asked MEP Giza if the Digital Services Act take this into account. Another problem many users have is that, that when they buy at marketplaces online, they don't know if that seller is reliable and they have very few complaint mechanisms. So no, the big the platforms have to verify the identity of the seller selling on that marketplace and they need to do uh, checks from time to time whether illegal project, whether they are offering illegal products that are already in some database in order to reduce the number of illegal products being sold online that are in competition with the brick and mortar stores which have to do these checks and who cannot sell illegal goods. So yes, the Digital Services Act covers us as online buyers, but according to MEP Shaldemos, it's still too little to effectively protect us. She warns that online sellers are still not as responsible for what they sell as offline traders are. We should have made online platforms being a so-called economic operator. And if they were an economic operator, then they would have uh, they, then they would have been a part of the supply chain and therefore they would have had a certain uh, responsibility. They are not giving this at the moment, but that's honestly one of the few things that I wanted us to do better. I am really satisfied with the result. I do believe that we will make it so much more trustworthy and safe uh, to be online. Uh, and, and I'm really, really happy uh, with this new pioneer legislation we are making with the DSA. So at the end, you can see that despite the shortcomings pointed out by some legislators, they agree that the DSA and the DMA will have an unprecedented impact in our lives. I hope I helped you understand how these two legislations will maybe change your life as internet users. See you again in the next podcast of Euronet Plus.